0: To Lord that the spirit behind this word might make an impact in our life and that father God that I pray that you would open our hearts to get a glimpse of what of what you think of what you have done I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen if I can put a title to this message and I've shared this message probably six times, Hopefully not five times here. And I wrote this message a couple of years ago that impacted me so much that I can't get it out of my mind. So the title of the message is, The Price Equals the Value. The price that somebody pays for something will equal its value. Those songs are all about price this morning. Every song is about price. So the title is that, The Price Equals Its Value. So I'm going to read some scriptures, and then I'm going to tell you a little story, and hopefully, by God's grace, we'll bring it all together. Okay, I'm going to read you some scriptures. Just listen to these scriptures. They're incredibly well-known scriptures. Garen touched on some of these scriptures over the last couple of weeks, and that's why I've sort of tied this in a, a little time Accompanied by his disciples, this is Jesus speaking in verse 39 of chapter um, Matthew chapter 13. Sorry, let me find Matthew. That's Luke. Okay. Verse, we'll start at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered that was hidden in a field. He was so excited by this. He hid it again and he sold everything he owned. Well, How much did he sell? Everything. everything he owned. To get enough money to buy the field. Let me just say one thing I can, this is, not, is open and pure. Every transaction for God, for your life and for my life, he's not like some people in the business. The banks have just been smashed about at the moment um, by, by dishonest dealings. What they might think is justifiable dealings, but every transaction that God does is justified. Every transaction can be measured. and every, he, he didn't go and, and uh, steal the thing that he found. He put it back and went away. We don't know how, he, how long he went away for, but the men went and sold every possible thing to complete an honest transaction and a legal transaction, and he bought the field, and when he bought the field, he owned the treasure. Got it? he goes on and says this, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered the pearl of great value, when he discovers the pearl of great value, he sold, how much did he sell? Everything he owned, and he bought it. Now we'll go into Luke for a moment, chapter, uh, no sorry we won't, we'll go into Psalms, psalm, chapter, uh, psalm 8 verse 3, this is an amazing little psalm that's written by David and he writes it in such a way, he's a little bit shaky on it and uh, it's not so shaky on this modern translation I'm about to read but in the King James Version, the, the interpreters of the scriptures were a little bit scared how they should write some of this passage. It goes a bit like this. And when I look at the night skies and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you might be mindful of them, human beings that you should, should care about them, yet you made them a little lower than God? That's the new living translation you made them a little lower than god and you crowned them with glory and honor and you gave them charge over everything you made putting all things under their authority now the king james translators of david's words said what what is man that you'd be mindful of him for you've made him a little lower than an angel It was a capital, at least they had the courage to put a capital A in there. And that word angel means Eliam, God himself. And David is awestruck. He's thinking, my goodness, can you imagine anybody saying, here is God and here is all of creation and here is angelic spiritual beings and here is the animals, but somehow uh, there's an elevation moment that takes place with a human being that you can put him right next to the Trinity. You've got to hear where I'm coming from this morning. The price will equal value. Now, the third scripture I'll, I'll read to you comes from Isaiah chapter 53. We sung these words in the songs this morning. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about Jesus' appearance, nothing to attract us to him he was despised and rejected a man of sorrow acquainted with the deepest grief yet it was our weakness he carried it was our sorrow that weighed him down and we through his uh, through his troubles were sorry and we though through his troubles were a punishment from god a punishment for his own sins but he was pierced for the rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we would be whole. He was whipped that we would be healed. Verse 7, he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. Unjustly condemned. He was struck down for the rebellion of people, and he has, for he had done nothing wrong. He had never deceived anyone. And he was buried like, like a criminal. But Listen to this in verse 10. But it pleased the Lord. But it pleased the Lord to crush him and cause him grief. When I first read that scripture as a new Christian, I thought, dear God, he is mean. How could God, the Father, enjoy doing something to God the Son like that? I mean, I don't want to be a part of that family. That's what my thought was back in those days. Fathers are meant to protect and support and encourage and mentor their sons. True? True? Good. And yet this father, holy of holies, was happy chappy the day that all of those things that I just read to you happened to Jesus. When he sees all these things that have been accomplished, it says that God the Father will be satisfied. I want to say to you this morning, the price equals the value. Now the final scripture, and I'll try and bring all this together. Oh, Garen always has me as the least Likely person to preach, because he thinks I go too long. But God doesn't turn up for 20 minutes. He lingers long. I only wish these young guys could appreciate that. Then, accompanied by his disciples, this is in Luke chapter 22. Accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upper room, and he went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told his disciples, pray that you will not be tempted. And he walked away about a stone's throw and he knelt to the ground and he prayed, Father, bearing in mind, Jesus knew that the book of Isaiah was about to unfold. Isaiah 54 was right on the doorstep. He said, 53, sorry. Father, he said, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. We don't know how long he paused for after that sentence, but I guess he would have, Taking his next breath, and then he said, "Yet I want your will to be done, not mine." And then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. and he And he prayed more. This is Jesus, and Jesus prayed more fervently. And he was, for he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood. These aren't pretty scenes scene in Isaiah is not a pretty scene and yet somehow the father's got a smile on his face through the process and there we see the anguish coming out in the son. To me as a new Christian all those years ago uh, when after I experienced this wonderful life-saving transformation of salvation to think just to think that the father and the son could be in such different hemispheres. At this moment in time was just very difficult for me to comprehend now we can we can uh, be grateful and thankful for the price that Jesus paid but I'm not interested in the price that he paid I am interested in the price his father paid this morning now there are those scriptures I've read them to you I will reflect on them as we go through now I gave you a title, The Price Equals the Value. Now, when I wrote this message, I'd owned 26 cars in my life up until this time that I wrote it. I should put a line through it, and now it's gone to t- all the poorer for it. I would, I've <laughs> 28 motor cars. Now, ladies, don't switch off for a minute. I'm not, I know I'm not talking about illness or machines or something lovely, but I'm telling you, please don't switch off, because the concept I'm about to share with you can be shared in any transaction that takes place in your life. I was the owner of 28 cars. Several of those were V8 engine motor cars, and the guys are just starting to... S- I can feel the hairs going up. Right, I've had people movers. I've got turbocharged engines. I've had large vehicles. I've had small vehicles. I've had bright colours and less bright. I've had a a rainbow of motor cars and some of them have cost $500 and some in excess of $60,000. And and, and and some of them sort of have cruise control and some of them didn't even have working tachometers. and, And I can tell you, I've had them all. And I've considered all the vehicles that I have owned from, right from when I was 16 years of age. But the most valuable... You want to know what was the most valuable car I ever owned? Oh, I learned to drive on a Volkswagen Beetle. Whoo. Whoo. Awesome. The most valuable motor car I have ever owned was a Morris Minor 1000. I can feel the anointing coming right now. (laughs) You see, I was 16 years of age, and my sister was 19 years of age, and she was a nurse. And she'd owned this Morris Minor. It was the ugliest little dumpling you've ever seen. And halfway through uh, of her paying it off on the never-never, she didn't want it anymore. And I'm 16 and year 10 in high school, and she knew I used to sit out in the, in the car regularly. In fact, we lived in a battle axe block. That, that is a, a long driveway, and we had, our property was behind the street, the house on the street, right, okay? And, and it used to be just done with uh, blue gravel. Uh, my father used to work for the local council, if ever, and he treated our place like the work depot. And so we had the blue gravel on the driveway and I would drive up and down this driveway about 100 metres long to try to see if I could get it to 60 kilometres, 60 miles an hour by then. Then I hit the brakes and I did this for, oh, nine, 12 months. And she watched me do this and she thought, I have a fascination with this car. I have a twin brother, he wasn't interested. I have another sister, she wasn't interested. And she said to me one day, would you like this car? I'm in high school. Year 10, she said, there's just one condition. You've got to pay it off. And uh, I looked at this thing, and it was ugly, and it didn't mean a whole lot to me at the time. I said, sure. Well, one month goes by very quickly when you've got to make a car payment. <laughs> I got a job in a local penalty beater shop after school. Every afternoon, I would be in that local panel beater shop around the corner from me, and I would be washing and scrubbing. I would be sweeping. I would be doing everything, and then I would go in every Saturday the whole day and the whole process. I would be put to work. You see, I needed to raise funds to own this Morris Minor One Thousand. This Morris Minor, my father is a motor mechanic. This Morris Minor was a, as I mentioned to you, it was it was. It just barely existed, and uh, I had it was full of rust. The brakes—you put your foot on the brake, and it thought it was an accelerator. It seemed to go—it seemed to go quicker. <laughs> I, sac- I don't want you to get your hankies out just yet, but I, I sacrificed enormous amount. At a six, as a sixteen-year-old boy, I'd lost my social identity with my friends because I didn't have time to be with them. And uh, I couldn't, and I'm a social person. I had to give up those things, had to take on all this weekend work. I had to do everything I could possibly do to keep, keep afloat on this thing. You know, I discovered as I poured myself into this thing, I started to love it. And uh, I gave it a name. His name was Bertie, which I thought was very British. It goes with the car. I, I came home one day only to discover that it was sprayed iridescent blue. My dad took it round to the Pennell shop and said to the guy in the Penelbeater shop, I know my son's working his guts out for this thing. That's G U inner parts. And, and, uh, and uh, I came, I had three and a half inch cross ply tyres on it. And uh, I put shiny silver hubcaps on it, and I just kept working. And when I left high school, I still had very little social interaction because I earned $18.20 a week. My mum got 25% of it. (laughs) The finance company got 50% of it, and that didn't leave me with much. $2.50 to fill the tank up, that didn't leave me much more. And I was right down to nothing. And I pressed on and I paid a huge price for that $500 Morris Minor 1000. I went and bought my current car and the girl said, Do you, can we organise finance for you? I said, no, I have, you haven't had to organise finance for me for a year. Here's the cheque. It took me a couple of minutes to write that payment out, but it took me two and a half years to go through the payment of the Morris Minor. If you said to me today, Ray, if we could line all of those 28 cars up, the highest price for the Morris Minor? Do you hear where I'm going this morning? The price equals the value. If I had $1,000 worth of Australian notes in one hand and gold in the other worth a thousand dollars, which would be worth the most? Say a thousand so dollars. you ever <laughs> seen that late, lately mate? Which would be worth the most? he says the gold. They're both worth exactly the same. I went into the bank a few weeks ago and I took in 5,000 Australian dollars and I said, I want you to transfer this into euros for me. So I got 5,000 Australian dollars and she hands me back 3,216 euros. That didn't add up to me. But I realised they both had the same value. The price you pay will determine will equal its value. Does that not make sense? If I gave you $200,000 for your house and you gave me the title deeds to your house, they would be worth the same value. You've got to understand, understand in kingdom, in the kingdom of God, value is not in, measured in dollar terms. It's worth in toil terms. Value. Okay. We we're on the same page? Very good. So the price paid determines its value. Peter said, sorry, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, there is a moment in time where God chose you. There's a choice factor. God makes a choice to choose you. He's saying, I'm about to pay a high price for you. And then it goes on into the middle part of that same chapter. Firstly, you've been chosen by the Father. Secondly, you've been redeemed by the Son, Him being the price paid. And thirdly, it says you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, there aren't too many people that can say they've got the Holy Spirit outside of the Trinity. And God says He's going to pay a price... And when he looks on us, he looks on us in the same light as value and price paid. No wonder, as it says in Isaiah 53, that it pleased the Father when he saw what he saw in what Jesus went through at Calvary. It pleased the Father. I try to see the Father through my eyes. This morning, I want us to understand the Father through his eyes. And he sees something about you this morning and about me this morning with the seal of the Spirit over us that values you somewhat like his own son. Now, that's why David said what he said. What is man, God, that you could be so mindful of him that, that you would elevate him to your status. Now, I'm not saying there's room for another member of the Trinity, but he says, just marginally lower in value terms, he says. Just marginally lower than Eliam, God with us. And when this amazing transaction takes place, we've got to look at it from the price paid, It's not a commodity thing where you can say, oh, down the track, oh, here's the check for the new car. No, 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 no. It's the price paid for the new car. It's the price paid for the new existence. It's the price paid for the new beginning. It's the price paid to get into the Father's house. It's the price paid for having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is the price paid to have his blood wash over us and set us free from our sins. It is the price paid. And the father looks at us in value terms because he paid the high price. Does that make any sense to you this morning? And so I want us to really appreciate the fact that the driving force between, behind the great sell-off, when he sold he, all that he owned to buy the pearl of great price, that the, the driving force is not of the Christian message. The driving force is not that. The, the driving force is the value that the Father places on his people. That is the driving force. That is the driving force, Susan, of the value that God places on you. That's what gets got up out of bed every morning. The Bible says he's like. The sun going across the sky from the east and sets into the west only hasten to the place of its rising again. There is something about God that is quickly getting up in the morning because of the value. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor Ray, I'm just so and so. Well, stop looking at yourself through your eyes. Stop looking at yourself or stop allowing yourself to think of how other people look on you or how or, or the misfortunes you had in your life, the ups and downs stop looking at yourself in the value of your life journey you start looking at yourself through his, how he values you no wonder David says where can I go from your presence, the same revelator that picked up the psalm, he said where can I go from you Lord, he said if I take the winds of the morning and, and go to the uttermost I can't escape from you. Because God is, he gets up early in the morning, Mace. Man, I, I just want to spend more time with my pearl. It's equal to all that I have. That's amazing. And yet he's, he's named all the stars in the galaxy. But he wants to spend time with the pearl. Don't feel... Poor about yourself. Don't be prideful either, but recognize your value. Human life is valuable. God paid a high price for it. He paid a high price for you. He paid a high price for me. So I really want us to get a handle on this this morning. The language that David uses was a language of nobility. He said there's something about high elevation There's something about a platform in which a man was meant to live on. And, uh, you know, there were platforms in heaven uh, where we know Michael was a a great archangel. Lucifer was another. And yet these, these great, incredible positions of authority were placed in heaven. Well, there's a place in heaven that's still there because Lucifer was cast down. I don't know, but I half suspect the church, the people of God who he holds in high, just comes again. The church will at least rule with him for a thousand years. Why would God do that? The price he's paid elevates your value. So, friends... I want to encourage you this morning start looking at your life through how he values you my morris minor if i had a one car garage and all 28 cars pulled up on the front lawn i can tell you one which one's going into the garage tonight now hailstorms will get it god's watching over us just like that he's amazing god he's a great father And he paid the price with his son with a smile on his face. He says, this is the high. Jesus never got any other answer but silence. He said, I got the message. High price equals high value. I'll do it. I wonder if you could stand with me this morning. Your value, my value, is equal to the price paid. I've said that about 27 times this morning. Will you at least remember those words for a week? The price is equal to the value. One son laid his life down so another son could take their life up. One down, one up. One left the throne so that another could be seated on a throne. The Apostle John said in the book of Revelation that God has designed us from here on in to become kings and priests kingship who watched the royal wedding the other week Did you, were you interested lady about, about the tiara she was going to wear when royal nobility comes they wear a crown We're royal nobility let's not be prideful of it but let's be appreciative of it that God has ordained us to become priests and kings because the price paid is equal to the value. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. Lord, if there are some here that are struggling with that thought, show. Them. I pray that you would speak into their hearts this week. Lord, help them as they go to their word. Show them in the word of God, Lord, uh, uh, of all that you have done and all that you are doing. Lord, you are a good God. Just close your eyes for a moment. You know, I said to the guys in the band, I said, I'm not going to have an altar call and I am not today. But I do wonder if there are some struggling with identity and uh, you can't get past certain issues in your life, things that have come your way by your own uh, poor decision-making or because of circumstances that have just, that's just the way it is and you have an image that is inconsistent with what I just declared to you this morning. And I would be praying for you, Father, that you would would truly help those individuals. Maybe with all eyes closed. Please keep your eyes closed, and I will keep mine closed. If that is you, I wonder if you could surrender those thoughts to God by raising your hands to him only he can see you if we're honestly with our eyes closed and say, Father, I'll I'll pray the prayer and you let it be your thoughts. Father, help me to change my image. Lord, you paid a high price for me. I'm valuable. Help me to see value. Father, in the name of Jesus. Sweet anointing of God, I pray that you would do that in Jesus' wonderful name. I'm done. Margaret's not here this morning. She's in Canberra. And that's where I was this morning. And I drove down this morning. It's a beautiful drive to spend some time with God. And uh, I'm going back there in a little while. We're looking after some other grandchildren. There are eight guys on this trip to Sri Lanka. Every one of them, bar one, is a son of the founding men that started the mission me being one of those men isn't that wonderful to think a generational jump can happen and god can just keep flowing through the line isn't that awesome eight men please pray for them this week and uh, that they will really make a difference into the heart of that nation god bless you